Dominus Viviscum. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste in a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit, blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For at the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed are you who believed that, ye, that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Verbum Domini It's going to take you how long to become a priest? Uh, eight years. Eight years. Isn't there a shortage of priests going on? Yes, there's a shortage of priests going on. Don't you think the church wants to change that then? Maybe shorten this up a little bit? This is a dialogue I had with most of my relatives, especially on the very practical Portuguese side, about 23 years ago before I entered the Dominicans. And it's a dialogue that we have a lot now with people now. We need priests now. Father James, you have 41 young men in formation uh, in, right now in the Western Dominican province, 38 of whom are studying to be Dominican priests, three for the permanent brotherhood. Don't we need priests now? Can't you ordain them now? We need priests. Yes, we do need priests, but we need good priests. We need well-formed priests. We need priests who are really ready to take on the task of preaching. Brothers and sisters, whenever this dialogue comes up, I usually respond first like this. I say, well, how long does it take for a doctor to be formed? Oh, eight years. Right. And do you want a doctor working on you who has not gone through all of his or her formation in medical school and residency? Oh, no. Exactly. And how much more important is a doctor of the soul? I mean, think about it. Our bodies, 80 years, 90 for those who are strong. But about our souls? Eternal. And at the end of our natural life, what's there? Heaven or hell? We want to make sure that we have a doctor that's well-formed to help guide souls to eternity, to become saints. But in addition to this, one of the reasons why a priest needs, a Dominican needs to take so long to be formed to become a priest is, quite frankly, it's in the scriptures. Think about it. Look at all of the formation that happens in silence, in quiet, in the scriptures. Our blessed Lord himself. How many years did it take him to begin his public ministry? 
30 years. Now, it's a little bit hard sometimes to talk about the Lord, right? Because, of course, he is fully God, but he's also fully man. And in his human nature, many people have spoken about that there is a way we can speak about formation of God, uh, the Lord insofar as his human nature goes. Many saints have spoken about it. Most notably, recently, St. Paul VI, who spoke about the school of Nazareth, saying for 30 years, our Lord being formed in that school of Mary and Joseph. So indeed, that kind of formation is there. And our Lord, once he begins his public ministry at age 30, what does he do? He's baptized in the River Jordan by St. John the Baptist. He comes out of the river and we hear, this is my beloved son, listen to him. And what does he do? Does he get on the preaching circuit right away? Nope. Instead, what does he do? More formation. He goes into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. The first Lent, right? And then what happens? He does spiritual combat with Satan in preparation for his ministry. And especially for the calling of the 12 apostles and the calling of his disciples. And then what happens after that? Well, of course, our Lord comes onto the stage and his disciples, how long are they formed? His apostles, three years. And those three years are formed, right, with washing signs and miracles and, of course, delving more deeply into the scriptures. And our Lord, during that time, going apart himself to, again, commune with his heavenly Father. So an ongoing kind of formation. And then, of course, being formed by the greatest things of all. The apostles formed by the passion and death of our Lord Jesus Christ and his glorious resurrection. And then at the moment of the ascension, when he ascends to the Mount of Olives, he gives his apostles this charge, the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Okay, so now is the time for action, right? What do they do? Do they go immediately off the Mount of Olives to preach? Nope. We hear about it in the second reading today in the epistle from the Acts of the Apostles. What do they do? They go to the upper room and pray a novena. The first novena. This is where we get the idea of a novena from. For nine days they prayed. And who do they pray with? With the Blessed Mother, with Mary, right? That nine days of prayer, and then on the tenth day on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming. This is why I often tell our brothers and sisters who are separated from us, but in Christ, who are Christians, I say, if you want to be a Bible-believing Christian, what do you have to do? Got to pray a novena, right? You got to pray novenas, and you've got to pray them with Mary, because that's what happens in the Bible, right? Then what happens? They go out and they preach the gospel, but quite frequently still going aside for prayer and silence, ongoing formation, as it were. Now we come to our gospel today and we see some action finally. Okay, good. What's the Blessed Mother doing? It's the visitation. She's newly pregnant. She does what? She does what all Dominican preachers ought to do. She takes the Lord forth. And she takes the Lord forth with joy, with her great Magnificat. And she brings our Lord before St. Elizabeth and St. John the Baptist, who's in Elizabeth's womb. And what happens? St. John the Baptist acknowledges the true presence of God the Eucharist, as it were, right? In Mary's womb, she who is the true tabernacle. And then you think, okay, great. And she does this joyfully, right? And this, of course, is the task for all of us Dominican preachers. We are called to bring God, bring the Lord into the world, and we're to do it with joy, to radiate the joy of the gospel, right? And all of you 
are called by your baptism as well to do the same thing, to bring our Lord present truly into the world and to do it with joy. But then what does Mary do? Does she go on then another preaching circuit? Nope. Back to contemplation. Then she and St. Elizabeth go on a three-month retreat. There, St. Elizabeth, St. John the Baptist, formed in the presence of Mary for those three months. Again, contemplation. We even see this in our first reading today where we hear about God's presence is going to be made manifest. The Lord stirs forth from his holy temple. And how does he stir forth? With a lot of noise, with a lot of uh, earthquakes, fire, things like this? Nope. In silence. In silence. So the scriptures are full of needing to be formed in that silence, in that quiet, before going forth to preach. And that's how we Dominicans are formed as well. That's why it takes eight years to form a Dominican. Now, many of you see some of the process here of formation of Dominicans, right? Because the first year happens here, the novitiate. This year, we've had nine young men, a few of whom are at Mass with us today. Others are down actually in Menlo Park, where there's another celebration going on. And this first year, what do the brothers do? Well, they get the habit put on them. They learn how to pray the liturgy the hours. They learn how to wear that habit around without tripping on it. Learn how to eat in the habit, too, right? Because, of course, we have to eat in this habit for the rest of our lives without getting it real dirty, right? And, of course, learning how to detach. Learning how to detach from this device, at least for some time, right? Learning how to detach from social media, from the constant bombardment of information. Learning how to keep silence. Learning how to pray. And also learning how to live together. Because all of us Dominicans, we follow God's call as individuals. Oh, great, I'm going to be a Dominican. And we show up here, and God's called other Dominicans too. And then what? Oh, i got to live with these guys. And it's through learning to live with each other that we often work out a lot of those kinks in our own lives, things that we need to have purified. So that novitiate year. And then once we finish this novitiate year, when we begin studies in earnest, and we move to the House of Studies, which is in Oakland, California. And we study first, well, not theology, but philosophy. Why two years of philosophy? Well, quite frankly, before we preach about God, we got to know how to think, right? Because being a Catholic does not mean turning off your brain. It means turning on your brain in an even more robust way. And not only do we have to learn how to think, but we have to know what other people are thinking so that we can preach in an adequate way, especially to this age. And then we go and delve even deeper. Four years of theology. Diving into God's word in a very big way and discussing and learning great and deep topics of theology so that we may be able to preach them and present them to this world which has forgotten about God. And in addition to that, in the mix of all of that, we do one year of formal ministry called residency where we go out into the province and actually learn what it's like in our smaller Dominican communities and how we can move across the province. Then we can be ordained as Dominican priests. And in the midst of all of that, we are formed in addition with the rosary. Every Dominican in his initial formation has to pray the rosary every day, often together. And we're, of course, required by our Dominican constitutions, all of us, to pray the rosary every day. Some of the smartest Dominicans have said, 
with the rosary, no matter if we're thinking lofty thoughts or studying the great heights of theology or helping out somebody in the street, no matter what in the rosary, it keeps the gospel constantly before our eyes and constantly in our hearts because it's the rosary, the summation of the gospel that we must preach constantly for the salvation of souls. And so that's why Dominicans, we wear that rosary on our habit and most of us also have a second one in our pocket, right? Sword and dagger, ready to take the fight back to Satan but also to be immersed in the Gospels to preach. So, this is indeed a beautiful thing, but it also takes a lot of resources. And this is where you all come into play. This eight years of Dominican formation are years when our brothers are, quote-unquote, not earning a salary. And it's during that time that they need your help. It's very expensive to form one of our young brothers. And thanks be to God, we have a lot of them, but that's a bigger expense. 41 young brothers. And those 41 young brothers, it cost for each brother for one year about $51,000. For those of you who are parents, you can appreciate this. It's like having 41 sons in graduate school at the same time, right? And so it's a big burden, but what a beautiful blessing as well. Now, this is where we rely on you, because we get zero help from anyone else. The Vatican, nothing. Bishops, archbishops, nothing. Seminarian collections that are taken up in churches all throughout the U.S., zero. Even our collection from here, normally on Sundays, there's not a percentage of the collection from here that's sent over to St. Albert's for the formation of our young brothers. Uh Uh-uh. It's this one collection a year, this Rosary Sunday collection a year, that funds our seminarians, that funds our brothers for the years. And as we grow, our needs get bigger, of course. And thank you for stepping up. This parish has stepped up in a big way over the last 10 years. About 10 years ago, the parish contributed around $20,000 to this collection. Last year, you all contributed over $145,000. Thank you for your support of our young brothers. But a little bit of a challenge, too. St. Dominic's is indeed our flagship parish. It's our most robust parish. It's one of our most exciting parishes. Yet, last year, it was third in overall giving. Two other parishes being higher, Blessed Sacrament in Seattle and Holy Family Old Cathedral up in Anchorage. A little bit more about Anchorage at the end. But maybe a challenge, maybe, huh? That we can beat both of those places this year and be the number one parish in that as well. So a little bit of a challenge coming forth. And thank you again for your generosity. Today we will have that second collection and it will happen at the offertory after the first collection. So the ushers will come by as they normally do every Sunday and they'll pass the basket. And Father Michael wants me to remind you all, please still give to the first collection because it's important to give to our parish, right? But then after that, our novice brothers will take up the second collection. You'll see them coming by in their white habits. Please use the envelopes that are in front of you in the pews for this collection. These envelopes on the inside have a breakdown of how all the money is used. And it also has photographs of the 41 young men. Our card's getting really full, by the way. We're going to have to shrink these photos. Because these are the young men that you are going to be investing in. These are the young men who are going to be your future priests. These are the young men, God willing, who will help this congregation form saints. Thank you for your generosity. Brothers and sisters, we need to pray the rosary. 
And we need to pray the rosary every day. We need to pray the rosary, all of us. And it's been asked for by many popes, St. John Paul II, Pope Benedict, Pope Francis, and by her bless, our Blessed Mother herself at Fatima, to pray the rosary every day. And there's nothing better we can do other than go to Mass to receive our Lord in the Eucharist than to keep that gospel always before us in the rosary to help us grow in wisdom and love in this life and to become saints in the next. And I want to conclude this homily by asking for a special petition for you all in your daily rosaries. And that petition is for me. These past seven years, I've been giving the Rosary Sunday homily because it's been my job as the Vicar Provincial for Advancement. However, as Dominican obedience calls, my job is changing. Many of you know that Father Steve Mayakawa, our great missionary in the north up in Alaska, who has been pastor in Anchorage, is now becoming the Bishop of Fairbanks. Well, that left the vacancy open in Anchorage for our parish. And I've gotten a call to become the next pastor in Anchorage and head of our Dominican mission in Alaska. So I need your prayers. I'm nervous. I've never been a pastor. Also excited about the missionary activity. But I'm also, quite frankly, a little bit sad as well because, of course, I've got to leave St. Dominic's. I've got to leave my Dominican brothers, one of the best communities I've ever lived in in my life. Some of my best buddies live here. Father Anselm, Father Vincent, Father Michael, Father uh, Anthony, Father Martin, all of our other brothers, Brother Michael James. And in the midst of this as well, especially at this Mass, I've got to leave all of you and, of course, our beloved choir. Our choir here, which nurtured my own vocation back in the early 90s and helped point me to where God was calling me back then, in the beauty of holiness, recognizing God's call. I'll miss you a lot, but please come up to Anchorage to visit and keep us in your prayers. We need priests. The world indeed needs priests. We need priests now. We need good priests. We need priests who are formed by the rosary. We need priests who are zealous preachers of the truth. We need priests who can radiate the joy of the gospel. But above all, we need priests who want to be saints and want to help others become saints too. Because apart from that in the end, apart from becoming a saint, the whole point of the preaching and everything else, nothing else much really matters. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.